0: As God Intended Let's go Welcome to Looking for Healing Talk Radio, where pharmaceuticals are not medicine, but love always is. With a 24-7, 365 talk radio signal heard worldwide, America Out Loud talk radio is now heard in your car, home, or office, on your smartphones, tablets, or any device. The entire platform has been built from the ground up with great thought and enthusiasm and a vision that stretches far into the future. Welcome. I'm your host, Dr. Jana Schmidt, naturopath and herbalist. I have a wonderful show for you today, but first, I want to encourage you that no matter what your situation, a strong mind and body are powerful resources. I'm here to help equip and encourage you with the health tools that create and maintain strong minds and strong bodies to keep you grounded and flourishing in this hectic, hectic world. Each week, I will share a new health tip with you, something that you can utilize to build a strong, healthy lifestyle. Tips that are practical and easy to implement. And today, following the health tip, I have a special guest that will share her perspective on the benefits of yoga. So let's get right to it. It's time to empower you with today's health tip because after all, knowledge is power. Today's health tip is all about the importance of a variety of physical activities for excellent health. It's a little bit different than the health tips I've done in the past. We're gonna examine activity in our lives today. So if you think about it, why were our grandparents so much more healthy than the average person of today? Why are more people on medications and having more surgeries than just a few generations before us? There are many factors that play in this food environment, but also movement. A hundred years ago, people got 10 times more exercise in a day just in the course of daily living than we get on average every day. amazing fact of modern life is we don't have to move around to do much anymore so advancements in technology allow people to be more connected than ever but honestly this comes at a price let's quickly look at the past hundred even fifty years and how modern inventions and technology have made life more convenient but less active a hundred years ago 1923 50% of citizens lived in cities and 50% lived on farms and little towns today 83% of people live in cities. If you think about it, living on a farm requires a great amount of physical activity to keep it going. So that's that many more people less active lifestyle overall. Baseball was the number one sport followed by golf and these were played more than they were watched now, sadly, I think it's the other way around. I think more people watch sports than people actually play sports. One of the most popular weekend activities then was dancing. Biking and walking and swimming were also very popular activities. It was very common to have a stroll or a walk after dinner. Um, Today, generally after dinner, I think a lot of people sit and watch TV. I think some people do go for a walk and I highly encourage that. Let's examine chores. Chores were exercise too. Consider washing your clothes, hanging them to dry, beating rugs, pushing an old lawnmower, one that is not self-propelled, picking vegetables from the garden, milking cows, planting seeds, gathering eggs, using an ax or a saw rather than a chainsaw to chop trees, firewood, pretty amazing. If you think about the vegetable aspect, one had to actually pick fresh vegetables or go walk to the produce stand to get it, then chop them, cook them, prepare them, wash them, wash the dishes by hand as well. So our modern appliances make housework and food prep in comparison to a hundred years ago, a breeze. Today, pre-prepared, pre-packaged food doesn't require much effort to get it or serve it. I mean, Most people don't hunt and gather, then prepare and cook and combine the food. Some still do, but most do not. Before almost everyone did it that way. And as for cleaning, the vacuum cleaner has just made cleaning so much easier. And then on top of that, the automatic ones that are programmed to just clean your house, things called a Roomba. just push a button and it goes and sometimes I think it can just be programmed to come on at a certain time and it just vacuums for you that has definitely been a game changer steam mopping highly efficient washer and dryers self-cleaning ovens you don't have to clean your oven anymore dishwashers microwave okay y'all know how I feel about microwaves I am not a fan it devalues everything you put in it around it even near it I don't recommend anyone has microwave we can definitely do just fine without it it's better to cook your food anyway instead of let the microwave devalue it and just make it hot so let's think about cordless tools to make building and fixing way more efficient but again less physical effort with a cordless tool than an actual tool that you had to use your manpower behind work household chores, shopping, other necessary activities are far less demanding um, than for previous generations. We move around less and therefore burn less energy than people used to. If you think about children, many years ago, 50, 100 years ago, they spent most of their time playing outside. There wasn't much to do inside except maybe chores. Um I think about when I was a child um wasn't that long ago, we'd run around playing games outside, riding bikes, until we were made to come in for dinner, or even bedtime. Um, Older kids would often get jobs delivering newspapers, which is active, harvesting on farms, delivering produce, shining shoes, washing windows, shoveling sidewalks, mowing lawns, walking dogs, babysitting. These were all very active jobs for people to be involved in. Now, if you compare common jobs for teens today. Um, I still think that there are many that mow the lawns, but now they're self-propelled or even riding long mowers. Even easier, you're just sitting. Um, and instead of walking a dog, uh, they may end up being an attendee at a doggy daycare, a grocery store cashier or clerk instead of a farm worker. You know, babysitting has even changed too. It's just so, so easy to put a movie on rather than run around outside and play with the children. Now, not all people are so sedentary today, but more are now than there were before. Entertainment and technology in the past 50 years is mind-blowing. It has been mind-blowing. Let's just take, for example, TV. There used to be, in my lifetime, only a few channels and they went off the air late at night. I remember that as a child that left more time for doing things like going outside playing, walking, visiting with friends, but now we have endless channel choices at all hours of the day and night that someone can just sit and be entertained continuously and the 70s brought back uh, brought to to light um, the very basic video game but it definitely got more advanced and more accessible with each passing year more and more people, not just kids, found themselves fixated for hours, hours on end on video game play on in home and in arc- arcades. And just in the last 25 years with the introduction of Wi-Fi, Web TV, Facebook, I think was in 2004. iPhone was only 2007, y'all. It just doesn't seem possible. Instagram, 2010. Virtual Reality Games, 2016. The Internet of Things, which is now 2020, happening now. Technology, mostly passive in activity levels, are dominating our lives. Many work in sitting positions for the bulk of their day, and most drive to work, sit at work, and then come home and sit on the couch. With the multitude of video games, movies at our fingertips, many just sit for most of their entertainment. Increased screen time reduces opportunities to interact daily with physical activities. Are you starting to see how it's accumulating over the years? When we're using technology like computers, video games, TVs, we're... We're generally not exercising. That's why there's an increasing body of research linking to the overuse of digital devices and decreasing in exercise and fitness levels, cognitive function, and overall health. Most everyday digital technologies are sedentary. More extended use of these technologies promotes a more sedentary life, which is known to have negative health effects such as obesity cardiovascular disease and so much more likewise an increase of the use of passive modes of transportation contribute to insufficient physical activity so here's the health concern physical activity is a major risk in obesity and i said high blood pressure but also neurological issues blood cholesterol levels type 2 diabetes the list goes on and on including heart disease is a big concern being inactive can lead to fatty material building up in the arteries the blood vessels that carry your blood to and from the organs the arteries that carry the blood to your heart if they get damaged then your heart is damaged so to get exercise like those of the past did in everyday life many have to join gyms fitness clubs just to stay healthy So what else can we do in our already full lives to keep our bodies and minds in active physical health? Personally, I like incorporating physical activity in our everyday lives in some of the same ways our grandparents did. Now you may be busy, but you still need physical activity to stay healthy. Whatever your routine, your lifestyle of your health, there are physical activities that you can do. You can commit to stretching every day does not have to be long nor do you have to have special workout clothes or know the fancy names of the moves I prefer to stretch in the morning and the evenings and if you watch animals when they wake up they stretch and then before they go to bed before they sleep they stretch so I follow that model stretch in the morning stretch in the evening And our special guest, um, Elizabeth Harrington, will share more in more detail with us the immense benefits of daily stretching. Now, other ways to incorporate physical activity are you can combine physical activity with something you're already doing, like walking the dog, shopping shopping household chores. When you unload your shopping or you unload your groceries, you can like lift the things you're carrying just a little longer. And and maybe you have a heavy a jug of distilled water or something, lift them a little bit more. It's amazing, but you will actually get more physical health by doing this. When you go shopping, park at the far end. If it's the daytime, it's like just walk. A brisk walk to the shops will help. And then coming back with your groceries or whatever you've gotten will also add to that. Think about um, whether you actually need your car to get to where you're going or could you walk or bike instead. If you ride a bus, you could actually get off one or two stops earlier than usual and walk the rest of the way. Instead of calling or emailing maybe a colleague at work. You can actually walk to go see them and talk to them. If, uh, if you're stuck sitting for a while, you can stretch your legs, um, and raise your arms, roll your shoulders. I always recommend taking the stairs over an elevator or an escalator if possible. And while you're waiting in line, somewhere you can balance on one foot for a few seconds. It might seem a little funny, but it it will gradually build up your strength and balance. If you can balance on one foot, take turns with each feet. Um, While you're talking on the phone, um, you can do some leg raises or stretches. Um, When you brush your teeth, you can do squats. There's so many things you can do while you're doing other things. One of the easiest, I think, is while you're watching TV. You can do stretches, you can do core exercises, you can pedal on a stationary bike. Uh, There are lots of things that you can do push ups and um, planks while you're watching TV. Now, a rebounder is one of my favorite ways to get exercise throughout the day. If you set up a rebounder, and this is just like a little small round trampoline. You can bounce on it whenever you can, just passing by. Even a few minutes of rebounding is super beneficial. I can literally do a whole show on the benefits of rebounding, incredible. If you have a busy family, make time to play with your children, run around, dance, laugh with them. These activities go way deeper in the benefits than just the physical health. You can plan your family outings and holidays around something physical, walking, hiking, swimming, you can put music on while doing the chores and make it a dance party for your kids. They'll love doing chores with you. And you can create family goals with rewards in with physical fitness. So, and if you're at work most of the day, you know, depending on your facility, maybe you can get outside and do some walk walking. I like to set, if I'm going to be sitting for a long time set um, an alarm on my phone every 30 minutes or so to get up and move around that's very important um, again stairs whenever possible now not all tips are going to work exactly right for everyone so choose a few things that you know will suit your body your routine your lifestyle and you can build on them Remember, being active each day is an incredibly important thing that you can do for your health. You can choose it every day. Even if you're busy, you can plan physical activities in short bursts that fit around your life. Getting active will be even easier if you choose something that you enjoy. Schedule until you're a busy lifestyle. Then you'll look forward to doing it. You can do it. I know you can. Even adding a small amount of activity to your daily life will definitely help you feel better overall, no matter what you're dealing with. And who knows? Maybe we could even surpass the health of generations prior by responsibly using our modern technology, yet staying physically active as well. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we have our very special guest, Elizabeth Harrington, a yoga instructor and a truly beautiful person, to share with us benefits of yoga stretches and more. Be sure to catch each episode of Looking for Healing Talk Radio at 11 a.m., Monday through Friday. Monday with the amazing Dr. Brian Artis as your host. Tuesday with lovely Nicola Burnett as your host. Your host on Wednesday is the brilliant Dr. Henry Ely. And Thursday, you have me, Dr. Janice Schmidt, as your host. And on Friday at 11 a.m., we all come together to discuss current health topics, our shows, and take questions from you. If you'd like to submit questions for us to discuss on Friday Talk Show, go to AmericaOutlive.com under Shows, and you'll see Looking for Healing Radio. There you can submit health questions for us to discuss. We look forward to it. We love your questions. We'll be right back. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements
1: and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of
0: our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Welcome back to Looking for Healing Talk Radio with a 24-7, 365 talk radio signal heard worldwide. America Out Loud talk radio is now heard in your car, home, or office, on your smartphone, tablet, any device the entire platform has been built from the ground up with great thought and enthusiasm and a vision that stretches far into the future. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. Welcome, Elizabeth Harrington. Elizabeth is a registered yoga teacher. She has a Bachelor of Science from, in Psychology from the University of California, San Diego. And we're so happy to have her here. Um, I'm thank you. Welcome, welcome. We're glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So Please explain for those who may not know much about yoga, what is the practice of yoga? Let's get a definition going first, and then we'll get into it.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, so yoga was developed likely about 5,000 years ago in Northern India. Uh, It's a holistic practice originally intended for full body healing, uh, strengthening of the mind, body, and spirit. Uh, So yoga comes from the Sanskrit word yuj, which means union. Uh, The practice is intended to create this union of mind, body, and spirit. So since then, um, of course, many types have evolved, but uh, many people would say there are basically seven main branches uh, of yoga, Um, something like hatha, ashtanga, vinyasa, or flow, yangar restorative yin and hot yoga, which originates from what we used to call Bikram yoga. Each of those has a sort of a slightly different philosophy for how best to achieve that
0: union of mind,
1: body, and spirit.
0: That was one of my other questions. Like there's so many different types. I know I don't know them all. And I just do what I like. right? And I'd learn from different people like you, like what works best for me. So how did you become interested in yoga? I'd love to hear your, your journey from how you got interested in it and then how you actually became an instructor.
1: Yeah. So I started doing yoga probably when I was 12 or 13, um, just going to, uh, small parks and rec classes with my mom that had a lot of ocean sounds and kind of quirky local instruction. Um, but started really practicing consistently and intentionally right after I graduated college. Um, I think anytime is really a great time to bring yoga into your life or um, start practicing more consistently. But I feel like I came back to it exactly when I really needed it the most. Um, I was probably more open um, to the practice because I was going through a season of a lot of change where I was feeling very lost and kind of, feeling my sense of self and self-efficacy and strong independence kind of dissipating at that time. Um, and I was just kind of looking to get a little bit stronger mentally and physically. Um, I had one teacher in particular um, named Vina Bava who was so cool. She had recently come back from months of training in Tibet, and she had a really fresh approach rooted in Eastern healing that I hadn't heard a lot about before. Um, she taught with such radiant joy um, that was so contagious to be around. So that kind of opened my mind and getting to practice yoga with her and sort of learning this attitude of whatever shows up in your body today is great. There's no need to pass judgment on yourself and kind of this language of the light is already within you. It's already everywhere you go. It's at your heart center and you can radiate light into all spaces of your life. Um, I actually felt myself getting stronger just through that mental and physical practice and kind of connecting more deeply with myself without all of that doubt in the way. Um, so at the end of moving away from that area and that class, I wanted to be able to share that with other people and kind of provide that space for growth and healing, um, for maybe people who came in like me a little bit pessimistic about it, but still try to keep that open mind. So, um, took me a couple more years, a couple more cross country moves, but I Finally enrolled myself in a 200 hour instructor training program in Nashville, um, which I was able to do on the weekends around other jobs. It was awesome. Um, Definitely pushed my limits in a lot of different ways, Um, but just caused me to think really carefully about physical poses or the asana practice
0: and um, how best to kind of bring the psychological benefits of yoga about as well. That's amazing. I, I love that. And 200 hours, that that sounds like a lot, but you're right. A little bit at a time, a little bit at a time right, on the weekends. And so other people could be inspired by that too, that you can have a regular job and you can still take classes or you can learn to be instructor if you really, really love it. I find it like really fascinating that so many people who are in the space of helping other people stay well, get well or heal, right? Came through some kind of journey themselves where they were they needed help and they found it and they're like, whoa, I need to share this with others. And so I see that. I see that in you. I see that in so many other wonderful people that just like, oh, I can't keep this to myself. I've got to, I've got to share it. So I feel the same way as well. Absolutely. I definitely want to dig into the benefits and I want to separate um like physical benefits and and then emotional spiritual benefits. So I love to start with the physical benefits we were talking um just previously about the, the benefits of being active and staying active and how it's easy not to be active with our modern technology and to make a conscious effort to do. It makes all the difference in your mind, body, and soul. So I would love to hear your, your input on the, um, the physical benefits and don't hold back. Like give it, give it us, give us what you got. We're ready. <laughs> uh, um, well, I'd love to kind of
1: categorize some benefits into a few different areas, um, for one sort of yoga's ability to improve our circulation and flexibility, um, and also its ability to alleviate joint pain, um, and also sort of its ability to build core strength and balance, um, and even regulate cortisol. So we can get into a few of those things. Um, But for one, um, in terms of improving our circulation and flexibility, um, I would love to touch on inversions. Um, So um, when we talk about inversions in yoga, um, really just a pose where you are getting upside down. Um, these are great for switching up the position that the body is used to pumping blood in um, and getting that newly oxygenated blood to the brain, um, which really provides um, an opportunity to just kind of even wake up our thinking a little bit. These are really great in the morning, um, times when we kind of need to wake up. And they say even in the afternoon, if you're kind of feeling like you're hitting mash lump, you could turn to your 3pm uh, coffee or matcha or whatever it is, which is cool too. But you could also try uh, kind of doing an inversion. And uh, we can we'll talk about that in a minute, a few different easy inversions that you can do um, at any time of the day. Um, but beyond that, just um, in terms of improving flexibility, uh, yoga provides us these opportunities for stretching muscle muscles really intentionally in ways that we don't normally get to in our daily movement. Um, and so of course it's important to note that um, in yoga classes we often say that your body knows the line between the burn that is productive or a stretch that kind of hurts but feels good like it's what your body needs versus that bad pain Um, the pain that kind of shoots at you and is trying to tell you that you're going too far Um, but when you do stretch in a productive way we're working toward keeping the muscles long, lean, and flexible versus the sort of short, tight state that they get in when we're sitting down all day. Um, and this is what allows us to keep up excellent mobility for as long as we can. Um, Harvard Medical School also put on an article last year uh, about importance of stretching for keeping up our mobility. Um, key takeaways being that we should really try to stretch every day or at least four times a week in order to build that flexibility in the muscles and maintain it, so we actually can get so much more flexible through regular practice, uh, which is part of the reason we call yoga a practice. Um, we contribute to our body's flexibility on an ongoing basis by practicing as much as we can, whether that's every morning or as many times a week as we can build in 20 minutes for our well-being. Um, another interesting takeaway from that article was that we've been, Sometimes taught to stretch before a workout or a run or anything like that um, to reduce injury. Um, but that actually could maybe cause more harm than good because before the workout, our muscles aren't warmed up. So they're still in that cool, tight, short state. Um, and kind of speaks to why styles like Baptiste Power Flow, which is usually my go to, um, kind of focus on building up some heat in the body up front and then taking the rest of the practice for the deep stretch.
0: Um, but yeah, and those, so- for those who may not know that term the Chi or key it's, it's referred to as energy, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I like um, how you brought up the, um, the cortisol helps balance cortisol. I have found that too, the more movement and cortisol is a hormone that often is um, overexpressed during stressful times, as well as muscles shortening and getting tight during stressful times. So the more stress in someone's Body, the more they're going to benefit from this type of uh, this type of stretching and yoga. Yeah. So I think um, one of the things that we talked about before I mentioned was um, building our core strength and balance. It's it's good for for so many things. Would you like to share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so yoga is excellent for building core strength and balance. It's really foundational to yoga. Um, part of the reason why we want to do that, I mean, it reduces strain on the back, it's foundational for all of our other strength. Um, And I, among types of strength, it's probably one of the best indicators of long term health. Um, It's, you know, the key in yoga is to focus on activating and engaging muscles during poses rather than that exaggerated flexibility. A lot of people feel like they are not built for yoga, because they're not very stretchy. Um, But that's actually never the point of yoga. Of course, we do want to build flexibility. But Um, what we like to call sometimes double jointedness um, can actually be kind of harmful and put additional strain on the joints. So, uh, you know, if you are double jointed anywhere in your body, it's actually more beneficial to activate muscle strength in a pose, even if it means stopping short of your complete range of flexibility. Um, Yeah, I mean, to maximize uh, your asana practice or the physical poses of yoga, uh, especially if you only have a few minutes, And we say that you can really make each pose an active pose by flexing the feet or contracting the calves or the quads, spreading all of your fingers and toes to kind of create strength and keeping a balance in general can really prevent injury later in life.
0: Absolutely. Um, I was thinking about that too. So, um, keeping your balance as you get older too, if you have that strong core balance and, um, I was reading something you shared with me that each year, 3 million older people are treated in emergency room for falls and injuries. And so they become hospitalized and fall, but they've lost their balance. They've lost that core. So um, definitely I'd love for you to talk about that um, and help it, how it prevents falling by just strengthening your core. And it doesn't take that much to do that. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Even just, I mean, even just 20 minutes a day of, Um, of high balance poses like eagle, uh, standing leg raise or standing knee raise, airplane. Um, These are just a few that are even tree. Um, Some of these are kind of difficult in the beginning, but you can really see improvement um, in just a couple of weeks over time. Um, You know, CDC and National Council on Aging and anyone who's reporting um, statistics like more than one in four Americans over 65 falling every year, which of course are responsible for Lots of injuries. All those organizations recommend strength and balance focus exercises for this because we really can um, keep up great mobility for longer just by putting in 20 or 30 minutes a day on these. Yeah. For sure. For sure.
0: Um, I think we also talked a little bit about uh, alleviating joint pain. I've seen this personally, right. When I've had some injury, like I thought, well, I should rest it. And that's true to a certain extent, but I also felt like the more I started to move it in a gentle way, I I just felt better and better. I felt like I healed faster.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And especially when we, you know, take the time, um, to focus on the alignment of a pose. Um, and as we talked about activating your core in poses rather than kind of dumping weight into your joints, Practicing awareness of body alignment really creates those habits that carry into how you're holding your posture um, and how aware you are to kind of correcting that bad habit posture in the rest of your day. Um, Johns Hopkins has done studies with those living with arthritis um, and other chronic illnesses where you're having chronic pain um, and found yoga to improve those symptoms or at least keep them from progressing. Um, And they found yoga to be associated with increased energy, fewer bodily aches and pains. I'm just offering a wide range of physical benefits that might be, uh, helpful for anyone experiencing injuries, but also especially
0: helpful for those who are living with those chronic pains too. Right. Absolutely. And I just recently have had, I I often work with, um, new mothers, uh, um, and those, um, who were doing, um, some sort of stretch and yoga through their pregnancy just bounce back so much faster, and then those mamas that have had multiple babies, I found that they also their bodies are stronger overall, and that pelvic floor has this nice strong, right? You know, and when if they want to have another baby, it's strong again. So I find that um, yoga for new mamas is really fun um, to do and so beneficial. And every one of them, that's said, thank you so much for recommending this because it's really made all the difference in, in them bouncing back and feeling like themselves again, and then able to chase after baby
1: right? and all the other children too. Absolutely. And I think it's one of those types of low impact exercise, that's just really adaptable um, for everyone. And I think there are probably so many situations when you're having chronic pains, or if you just did have a baby where you sometimes maybe the last thing you want to do is try to do some kind of physical activity, but we actually see it really improving. Um pain if we if we can just psychologically bring ourselves to get there for sure.
0: well, I, I you know, I've seen some personally, right. So we all have stories. I've seen some um, personal stories of people and just suggest it. And um, some of them have gotten so excited about it just on a few classes. They're like, they're committing several times a week to do it. And some have even gone on to be instructors and just so happy, like, you know, like you sharing, sharing what, you know, um, have you had um, the opportunity to see some other stories of people that, you know, or people in the classes that you've already encountered?
1: Yeah. I mean, stories. I have- yeah, I have a couple of um examples of people um in uh, in my network who um, experienced chronic pain and have even just been able to turn on um just kind of videos of yoga at home and follow along and have reported um a real in- a real improvement in a lot of symptoms, even if it's just for a short time if they can kind of keep that up. Um, I think building that habit has really improved symptoms for a lot of people. Um, I've been lucky to um, in training we got to meet a bunch of different people who are coming from very different backgrounds we had someone who was in um, school to be a naturopathic doctor actually and we had um, someone who was coming from the military had just gotten out of the military um, and had and was kind of had, was very used to only one physical type of practice right. um you know really just a weightlifter and was not flexible at all but just kind of had an open mind um, we had someone who was a nurse and was coming from a very physically demanding, um, difficult schedule environment. And yoga really just provided a space for people with all different kinds of abilities um, and mentalities. Um,
0: Yeah. So occasionally I will go to speak to whole sports teams and I tell them, okay, do you want that? You see how some teams have an advantage over others. Like you see they're physically just, superior on the field, whatever, whatever sport it is. <clears throat> Primarily I'm talking about soccer, but um, and I've shared with them things that you can eat and things to avoid things to eat before, during, after to help your performance um, and to keep you from, you know, getting that slump, but I also remind them of the core. They're, they're really physically fit and they're really focused on that. But I've also said, You know, don't laugh at me, but you should really start looking into yoga every day and start building your core and doing things that strengthen your core. And those who did. Saw remarkable results and had later come back and thanked me and said they're going to share that with other teammates and and try to get them all to do every time they come to train something to strengthen their core. So I thought that was really interesting. You know, a bunch of you know athletes that didn't necessarily think that, but they really wanted to be strong, and this really really helped them. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to get into um, the mental part of how yoga helps, but we are going to take a break and then when we come back we're going to get into talk about the mental um benefits of yoga the emotional benefits um that it provides spiritual benefits and um and how everyone can do yoga in some way shape or form so um if everyone would just bear with us we'll be right back and um we'll take a break in two minutes Welcome back to Looking for Healing Talk Radio. We are having an amazing discussion with Elizabeth Harrington, and she is a yoga instructor and just helping us really get our minds around the benefits of yoga, not just physical, but now we're going to talk about mental, emotional, spiritual benefits that yoga provides as well. Can you share with us how it builds psychological resilience and it's good for our mental health? Yeah, so
1: um, in terms of, um, in terms of mental and spiritual benefits, um, yeah, I'd just love to touch on um, yoga's ability to help us build psychological resilience, um, which is really critical for good mental health, um, whether times are sunny or cloudy. Um, put simply, um, Johns Hopkins studies with yoga also found it to be associated with improved anxiety, depression, psychological stress. Um, And on yoga as a practice, as you keep mentioning, um, so much of growing at something that's physical is mental. um, And in building that balance and strength and flexibility that we can build um, anywhere we're actually challenging ourselves, we are probably going to have many small moments of um, maybe frustration or kind of pre-success, even just as small as falling out of a pose. Um, But recognizing our own habits of response to, oh, why can I do this yet? Or why could I do this yesterday and not today? Um, and just being able to observe that without passing judgment and just kind of giving it whatever's in our body today um, and maybe even moving past that and pushing our own limits anyway. Um, this is why yoga is called a practice. And through that repetition, we are building mental resilience that we can apply to other endeavors in our life as well. Um, we kind of become practiced at that approach of not passing judgment on our non-successes and following that instinct that might say, that's okay, that's enough, that's what this looks like in my body today, or maybe even I'll just try anyway and see if I can push my limit a little bit further for a moment. Um, There's also a beautiful book called The Yamas and Niyamas, I believe by Deborah Adele, um, which is about a set of principles that are sort of presented as yogic ethics. Um, and one of these principles is called aparigraha or non-attachment, non-possessiveness. Um, this encourages us to not be attached to the outcome of our yoga practice on any given day um, or even in a given minute. Um, if we fall out of something, you're free to just come right back in and we haven't lost anything, um, which of course is a great headspace to also build that mental resiliency throughout our lives too.
0: I like that. I like you can have goals, but you are patient with how you achieve those goals do you feel like most um yoga instructors um present this because I know a lot of people are hesitant to go to a class oh I don't know how to do it I've never done it do you feel like most instructors are very patient with that
1: I feel like most of the classes I've been lucky enough to be in are more this way um I think a lot of times we talk about what's available in our body right now, which I love because that doesn't mean that there's something that you can or can't do. Um, some days you're just going to notice you're more, you know, you have more tightness on left side versus right, or you might notice that today just looks a little different than yesterday. And that's what I love about it is because if there's something really magical that happens when you get to that place of accepting whatever is going to happen, and I think you actually are able um, to get a little stronger from that place. Um, And something else interesting, um, when we're talking about mental health, we're also keeping in mind yoga as um, an intention for union of mind, body and spirit. Um, I know in power yoga, which I typically practice, uh, many people report feeling an unexpected kind of powerful release of emotions or memories they haven't experienced in a long time when they do a half pigeon stretch, or another stretch that's uh, stretch that axis is that deep part of the hip. Um, so, there's some research that the psoas muscle, which caps the hips, is yeah, can contract when you're experiencing trauma or acute stress. So, some people believe that we sort of store emotions in the hips and right. that by bringing that increased blood flow to that area, we might be able to
0: sort of dislodge those stuck. Well, I totally agree with you. Definitely the body keeps the score, right? Isn't that a book? Body keeps mm-hmm. the score. Um, and even though our mind may be suppressing it the body's still holding on in certain places that we don't even realize so amazing yes and we could have pain and it might be because of an emotional um need of of release and this can provide that that's incredible and i i do find i, I do my best thinking when i go to the i usually go to the end of the dock and you know lovely water and i have a quiet moment sometimes we'll put music but that whatever it doesn't even matter what I'm doing, whatever stretches I, I find that I work through so many challenges or research studies I'm doing. That like so much comes to me just in those quiet stretching moments. So for me it's it's very powerful um as far as my thought process goes. Things start coming and firing and you know back in my brain even though I'm still it's amazing to find that quiet, quiet practice. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, And I know we talked about, and speaking of being still, I know we talked about wanting to touch on um, Shavasana in terms of regulating cortisol Um, and Shavasana, which means corpse pose um, is kind of best at the end of a yoga session is often said to sort of let the body absorb all the benefits of our practice um, and kind of gives that nervous
0: system a chance to naturally reset our stress. Um, so for those who maybe haven't done um, a class before you're just laying out, it's usually at the end after you've like really stretched everything and you just lay straight out on the ground on your mat and you're still, so you're, it, you're not moving, but it is still incredibly beneficial. So go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, great, great point. Um, and yeah, it just sort of in, in that, in that state corpse pose um, with our arms laying in our sides, everything just kind of relaxed, Um, you know, the breath deepens, muscles relax, body has a chance to, um, after some form of exercise, probably to kind of allow the adrenaline and cortisol you experience throughout the exercise, or just that you had built up from the rest of your day um, to balance and let the body find homeostasis again. Um, A lot of times it's only five minutes in our day that we don't really need to perform or we're not giving our energy to work or chores or other people. Um, kind of the only few minutes we take to ourselves. Um, So you can do this at the end of yoga and truly after any physical exercise, if you have two minutes, five minutes, preferably 10 minutes. Um, And as with any other meditation, you know, when your mind wanders, you can just kind of directly uh, or gently focus your energy back to your breath, and then just thank your body for what it allows you to do and allow your hormones to do their thing and reset back to homeostasis.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So do you feel anyone can practice yoga and gain from it? Any age? Absolutely. I think that humans
1: of all ages and abilities can really benefit. Um, You know, there's a lot of research to show and some anecdotes, like I said, in my own experience that yoga is really beneficial for arthritis, forms of chronic illness, circulation issues, um, and even if you don't have any of those things going on, and you just have an injury that you're working with, or you feel like you're starting at a place of lower flexibility, um, it's, it's a great form of low impact exercise where you can easily scale poses up or down. Um, so you can absolutely still participate and reap the benefits of stretching and improve, and improved blood flow, as well as that mental clarity and emotional stability from you kind of um, I like the phrase, start where you are. It just doesn't really matter what your ability level
0: is. There's always a form that um, that you can adapt. That's great. And I, I noticed children seem to love it. When my children are really small, they love like, hey, we're going to be a tree. And they just thought it was the funnest. And of course, they're really good at it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's good for the imagination too. And I feel like for people who are just starting, they can look for a beginner's yoga class. They can even look online if they wanted to find some that are already recorded. Do you have any favorites that, you know, to recommend to people that they might find online to do at home or if they're traveling and they, or they don't have classes in their area. Mm
1: -hmm. I can't think of any names offhand, but I know on YouTube, can't remember who it is um, that someone in my family likes. Um, But there are, there are several people that are very, very calming presences um, on YouTube that post regular videos. Um, Some of them are focused in certain areas and some of them are just Um, just a a standard flow, you can do 10 minutes, you can do an hour. Um, And so yeah, those are easily free on YouTube. And I know a lot of studios too. um, If for some reason, you didn't want to come in person, or you just wanted to try out a class virtually too, a lot of studios. um, A few years ago started hosting online classes, and a lot of them are still offering um, their physical classes online as well. So they'll just take you right into the studio. Um, So there's a lot of different options, even if you live really far from the studio. I know at my studio, um, some people live out in the country and they, they kind of zoom into the class as well. So there's a lot of, a lot of different options. And yes, there, like you said, there's beginner yoga classes and, um, intermediate, um, in advance, I would probably avoid, um, hot yoga. if you are um if you haven't practiced much yoga before just because it is a little bit intense i love it for its mm-hmm. workout
0: but um it's a little intense so i would recommend good advice thank you that's that's very good advice i i think i will write a a little informational blog about it. And I do have some favorites online and I can't remember the names of them either. So I may, um, put those on there. So just for my listeners, if you don't remember, it's, uh, Jana's all natural J a N a S -S all natural.com. So look in a few days under blog and I'll try and have some good stretch, um, videos and suggestions for you to go to and ways to start your own practice of yoga. So what does your personal practice look like? Can we, can we ask that of you? Like, what do you like to do in a, like, you know, during the week?
1: Yes. Um, so yeah. So what I practice primarily is Baptiste power flow um, poses from that sequence. It's also called power vinyasa. Um, a lot of times this is in a heated room for extra endurance, kind of refreshing to sweat out toxins and you always feel pretty cleansed afterward, but it doesn't need to be a heated practice either. Um, I've been teaching power flow and non-heated settings and that works great too. Um, and that sequence is sort of a natural amping up built into the sequence. Um, you have kind of a, a warm-up period um, so that your body can more easily um, kind of push the limits on your regular flexibility, but there's are still restorative stretching at the end. Um, so that's what I typically practice, but on the day-to-day, it always looks a little different. Um, they usually say it's better to practice 20 minutes a day, Um, Every day, rather than, you know, two hours once a week in order to teach your body those habits and keep improving on your regular flexibility. So I try to do something at least every day. And sometimes that will be an hour, a full sequence, warm up to balance work, to core work, and then long restorative stretches, or other days. If I really just don't feel like it or don't, don't have that much time, it might just look like a few cycles of sun salutations, um, maybe a couple minutes of inversion in the morning to wake up my body, get my blood going, and then maybe some deeper floor stretches and a shavasana for some meditation
0: to calm my nervous system at the end of the night. Sounds great. And you were going to talk about um, inversion that people can do. Can you share a couple of those with us? Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, so as far as inversions, um, there's a few common ones, um, shoulder stand, um, kind of probably easier to watch someone doing it visually, but, um, the shoulder stand, you're sort of feet are above the head up in the air. you're sort of supporting your hips with your hands underneath. Um, and then that shoulder stand moves into plow. So you can, um, you can look up a video of what that looks like to try to model that one but there's also much more low impact inversions that you can do Um, other common ones are waterfall where you're just laying on the ground and then you bend at the hips and your feet are uh, flexed toward the ceiling and you can even put a yoga block or a blanket or something underneath the tailbone to kind of elevate that and reduce strain on the lower back Um, and then legs up the wall is another really easy one if you have uh, any space where there's a few feet of uh, wall space free. You can scoot up against the wall and then place your feet, flexing the ceiling, and then that's another good way to just in a low impact way kind of reverse the blood flow. You can stay like that for five minutes um, or however long feels right, um, and still really get the effects of that. So does does downward dog count as an inversion? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. I mean downward dog and forward folds. And everything where your feet are below, um, you know, I think typically the inversion would be like your feet are above the head, but yeah, it's still okay. kind
0: of upside <laughs> down. It's still another great yeah, way. Yeah, your, head, your head's down, so it was just wondering. It's super easy and anybody can do that one uh, mm-hmm. where your head's just down and your hands are, you know, down. So, okay, well, good. This is, this is great. I'm going to include some of these in the, in my blog so we can, we can help people see them. or maybe include some pictures of easy inversions and things people can do. And for those that maybe don't, want to do a shoulder stand um, on their own, you can always use a wall for balance. That's that's important too. So I understand you are going to be teaching a class soon, a regular class in your area. So can you tell us about um, about that class and what you're looking forward to most about it?
1: Yes, I'm very excited. I've just been teaching some tiny private classes here and there up until now, but I'm going to be teaching a couple classes a week soon um, at a local community center. So I'm really excited to Um, bring a really affordable, accessible class to the metro Nashville area. Um, It sounds like we haven't had yoga in some of those spaces for a few years. So I'm really excited to kind of um, provide a new space for folks who haven't done it very much. But mostly, I'm excited to kind of bring that encouraging environment to guide people through the practice who might be new to it. Um, Focusing on good alignment um, for foundational strength and, um, just building that, uh, building that foundation for strength in your body where every day is allowed to look different. Um, it's a really magical, uh, it's a magical feeling accepting that building the union between your mind, body, and spirit is not always a linear process and that's totally okay. Um, so I really love being able to support the tiny breakthroughs that can happen once you start to look at your body with kindness and gratitude uh, for the things that it allows you to do every day. Um, eventually, I would love to. Um, I would really love to be able to teach uh, a retreat someday um, somewhere outdoors. Um, I really love all of the all of the yoga retreats that are out there in nature. Um, I was reading about one recently that takes place in Alaska where you're outside and you're able to really think for five or six days, um, as well as, you know, taking your mind, body and spirit into a really natural place. Um, so I would love to eventually develop a retreat like that someday, but in the meantime, I'm excited to, um, to kind of bring some, some new yoga to Nashville.
0: (laughs) That sounds wonderful. I'd love to come to one of your classes, um, and for those that might be in Nashville, um, can you share, is it a is community center? Yeah,
1: yeah the East Park uh, Community Center, um, which is in East Nashville.
0: Lovely. And I live in Florida, so I feel like if I go outside, it's always hot yoga. Like, it's it's yeah. so hot here. It's but so perfect. Thank you so much for sharing with us. I really appreciate it. So, a huge, sincere thank you, Elizabeth, for joining us today. I really appreciate your knowledge and your heart and dedication to yoga. Thank so, you. I look forward to each day. Um, uh, Monday through Friday 11 with everybody on America Out Loud Talk Radio, where we will continue to learn and grow in the realm of natural health. So this is Dr. Janice Schmidt wishing you God's blessings in knowledge, wisdom, and abundant health.